0: The Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, buddy, and welcome to my steps of the Royal Blue podcast. I'm your host, Baron Leo, joined today by Joel Tarras and Buckland, as we look at the head to Everton's huge, huge Premier League clash against Wolverhampton Wanderers at Mollier on Saturday afternoon. The Blues goal in search of all three points that could move them one, that closer to survival, and who knows. By Monday night, the Blues could be safe because of preserve their Premier League status for next season. Joel, we'll get straight into it because there's no other way than admitting that this game is more of huge importance for Sean Dyche and
1: Everton. It absolutely is, isn't it? I think, um, you know, if you put that to Sean Dyche, you'll say, well, every game's a big game and every game's a... You know, I want to treat every game of the same importance. But... Yeah, this these ones now are really out at the crunch time, aren't we? This 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 is absolutely crucial. So, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting Saturday, I think. And obviously, Evan played first, which I think is a good thing. I mean, obviously, you'd want to play last if everybody else, a lot you if Leeds and, and Leicester had lost before you. But if they picked up positive results, I think you'd you'd then be under a lot of pressure. So, Evan, for all that said and done you know, I think we're in a situation where Everton's destiny is in its own hands and that's all that you can ask for. Um and ultimately if they if they go out, it's not quite the same as um you know, Crystal Palace a year ago today i we going record this, that that we know that if Everton get a win on Saturday that they will be safe on their penultimate game of the season. But things could transpire that way. And and, and they, they would certainly take, if everyone win this game, then they've got probably you know, one foot and three toes in the Premier League next season. <laughs> um, weird analogy just made up. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely huge. Um, There's just no getting away from that, is there? And I think probably most people listening and probably all three of us just as we say those words ourselves or listen to them, I think the trepidation just increases, doesn't it? Gav, I got into a debate with a mate the other day in terms of
0: where this game lies in terms of how big it is in Evans' history because I firmly believe that this game and maybe, you know, Bournemouth next Sunday, two of the sterling in recent history and probably modern day history, two of the biggest games of football have to come up play because of what was on the wall.
2: Yeah, and I'm just buzzing that way, Joe, God, with without the risk of sound like Alan Parth, Shall how he managed to work out with that one foot and three toes in the Premier League. Mathematical calculation behind that, you know, is it? Is it the first equivalent of an XG, is it or something? You know? I've no idea where it came from. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I can't even be questioned how Conor's that long ago. But, yeah, no, seriously. me. I think... Uh, well, we should mention Crystal Palace last year, didn't we? Really, the, I think that I think in the 21st century, yes, absolutely, definitely. And the, the only thing, and this is the, the concern about it, is because we're the first, we don't really know the implications of the results tomorrow, and that sort of adds to the agony to a degree. Even if we win well, if Leeds win you know, I know Forrester playing on Saturday night, isn't it? You know. And other teams get good results, then the agony is extended. So you can't, as Joe was saying, with two toes short of being in, you know, being totally, totally in the family. So it's a massive game. And I'm still not convinced. I still don't know whether it's good going first or last, to be honest. But yeah, the one thing I would say is, and I know uh, the Leicester manager was saying that they've had four months on the bounce, haven't they? Yeah. And they has been a major disadvantage for them going last. And, and I, I'd i like to go first, but you do wonder whether Dice is where we are. If we were last, you could also this team selection, depending on the results going forward, you know, that have happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas going first, it's also like, you're going up, it's like going on the golf course, isn't it? Being first on the tee. You're in the clubhouse before everybody else has finished the rounds. So, it from a team selection process for us, I think probably going last was it being a good one, but if we win, the the pressure's massive, isn't it? and, other, and, and I say Connor quite rightly, this is a massive... well you know, this game and potentially the next game are just totally massive matches because like last year we'd be passing we you'd stack weed we'd we'd, we'd stayed up. Win tomorrow's rough, doesn't guarantee us anything, does it really? John, you know, in terms
0: of what Gav says there, because I thought that was a real interesting point from Dean Smith after the, the Liverpool game on Monday night where he basically highlights the fact of you know this side have played four consecutive Monday nights so over three and we want to come and you know that they feel like it's a real unfair advantage. It's putting under more pressure. Obviously Everton have got the chance tomorrow to essentially ensure everything remains in their own hands and put huge amounts of pressure on Leicester, their leads and forest well, is that almost cultivated because of the pressure that like, everyone's going to be under to, to, to do something that they want to managed to do twice this season? That's where we from home.
1: I think at this point, they're under, I think every team's under a huge amount of pressure wherever they go in the, the order of the fixture list. So I don't think that there's a scenario where Everton would play this weekend and not be under pressure, whether it be on the first or, or the last. Ultimately, you know, a win keeps it in their own hands, and a, cool. and even if even if I suppose they played last and everybody else dropped points, then they'd still be in that situation where they there'd be a lot of pressure on getting a win. To I mean, it might be to confirm their safety by that point, but um, yeah, I mean, they're just of course so under pressure. Uh, but yeah, has it kind of helps Leicester going four Mondays in a row. That's 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 pretty harsh on them, I suspect. But to be honest, again you know, just like Everton have to be, have the potential to keep their own destiny in their own hands. You know, Leicester have been masters of their own downfall as well, haven't they? Because, but yeah, you know, the pressure really increases the the closer you get to relegation. Their performances, you know, you think against James Everton, yeah, that was an up and down game against Fulham. I mean, that's where they really let themselves go, but they weren't very good against Liverpool the other night, albeit Liverpool were a very good side. Um you know, pressure's a way of increasing itself or if you're just not very good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel a bit and Dyche here and just kind of saying a lot of words without really saying anything. Um, but, yeah, they're, 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 under, they're under a lot of pressure this weekend wherever they go. Is it one of the biggest games? And, you know, certainly one of the biggest games this century, isn't it? Certainly probably one of the biggest games of the modern Everton era. Um, obviously, by virtue of having having stayed up last season, a lot of the games around other than Palace be- that were the most important games at the time have all of a sudden become irrelevant, don't they, I suppose? You you, know, you would look at that Brentford game and you'd look at the Watford game and at the time they would have been amongst the most important games in Evan's history. But now they're effectively meaningless, aren't they? You'd probably say the Chelsea and the Leicester ones as well as the Palace ones of last season. Um, just like you could probably say that if Evans stay at the Brighton one of this year, so it's definitely one of the biggest, it's definitely one of the biggest. They can't, I think they will be Bournemouth under whatever circumstances, but they, I don't think, I don't think anybody want well, nobody wants to, and I really don't think anybody, Evans should do everything they can to be going into that last game, not in the bottom three already. That That would be mm-hmm. a nightmare, I think.
0: Gavin, obviously Joe touched right there, but you know, do you have more confidence in Everton going and getting all three points tomorrow after after the fact that they went to Brighton and won so effectively at the start of this month that they've shown that they can win on the road, that they found to a way Because, obviously, you know, we we spoke at there on the podcast about this this season, the troubles on the road, you know, the seemingly kinds of head blocks of of not being able to find a win. Now they have found a win have found a way to win. Are you more confident that they can you know, go small and use tomorrow I all three points.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But not just Brighton, Leicester was a good performance, wasn't it? And I think the way he formed, though, we've not won on the dice, obviously, as often as what we want, The way form has been good. So one, this, decent six, is it? And that was it. Many races on yeah. the move. Yeah, and in I mean
0: that was Arsenal, I think it was, which yeah, I mean, yeah, was only other
2: defeat. Yeah, we've close. had that couple. Of, we've scored, we've scored quite a few goals as well. So yeah, definitely, uh, on the dice, we've, we've say you enough given his, his own away record was not being brilliant. you had been probably far more attractive away from home in terms of goal scoring than what we have been and I'd be more fluid than what we've been at Goodison. So yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, your message will be to like me, Brighton uh was just like a different team, i pretty different team to the to, to Brighton in some respect. So we may have to switch it up a little bit. Um to Brighton, but yeah, absolutely. I'd say I don't know what the odds are for tomorrow, but I think you know you'd you'd, you'd say that we're probably you now a bit. I wouldn't say favourites, but we probably probably get you know uh, low odds enough winning because I think well, you know, classic cliche wolves well, got nothing to play for, it. and i confidence without giving too much away about my score prediction at this stage, but uh, <laughs> but that no, would answer your question, Connie Yeah, absolutely. Far more confidence just on form with the dice over the last six weeks or so.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
2: to your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price Priceline
0: Yo, Sean Dyche tells his pre-match press conference on Thursday afternoon Yo, obviously they have for the some significant injury team news I think in terms of, you know, Vitaly Cohen not looking like he's going to make this one Bounder-Calvert-Lewin seemingly been a positive update I mean, we will come on to mccarran Cohen and I'm the left-back Conundrum shortly but in terms of Calvert-Lewin was you encouraged by what Sean Dyke said? Was you concerned? Because he, he didn't rule him out. We didn't rule him in. He kind of didn't really say very much. But I think a lot of fans are optimistic that he will be in the squad tomorrow, possibly going to start. But what was your good feeling when you heard Sean Dyke's update? Um, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> After a long <laughs> year, know, 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 it all. I've it said at all.
1: You know, I've given up trying to interpret Sean Dyche. You know, I mean, for for ten weeks there was a will he won't he play or be fit with, with Dominic calvert literally In fairness to Everton and and, and the players, probably a good thing. Really, they've been very good at kind of stopping leaks about where he is at from getting out this season. Um, you know, I, I, Sean Dyche seemed was was far more chirpy than he is most of the time yesterday when I was at Finch farm with him he was in a better mood than he normally is he was you know he was quite jovial he wasn't as um yeah sometimes he can be a little bit awkward and he wasn't awkward at all yesterday um so I I I think that he's in a good mood and that must be because Sean because um Dominic Cavalier is one of the players that's gonna have back at his, his disposal he, he gave him a couple of down days so I think I've seen I've seen a club release a few sets of training photos from this week uh, and in those I couldn't see any. They might have done since or or after we've recorded this. They might release some with Dominic Cavalier and training with the group. I hadn't seen any from earlier on this week from training with the group, only training separately. Um, Sorry, not training separately, just, just not with the group. I wouldn't worry too much about that because Sean Dyche, one of the things that he's been saying is saying that Dominic Cowland had a few basically quieter days on the train in front, just to, as I say, just as, as a precaution over the groin issue that they weren't sure was going to be serious or not. Yeah. You know, halfway through the Man City game. So I, I think he probably is going to be fit and available. You um, obviously huge for Everton, isn't he? It's, it's crucial that he's there for the next two days uh, for the next two games. Um, it'd be interesting to know I'd be interested to know what Daiji would do if, if there was a risk to playing him if they were concerned enough to go do we rest him for Bournemouth or do we go all out for walls and maybe risk him not being fit for Bournemouth, that'd be an interesting conundrum for bearing in mind his importance to this Evans side, but I, I don't have any insider knowledge uh, but I think ultimately I'd take a positive view of Daiji's comments and his his approach yesterday, I think Calvert-Lewin will be there and, and and involved, I think, at Wolves.
0: Dad, what Joe mentions there leads us on nicely because Matt Jones of this parish and, of course, regular contributor to the, the podcast, asked a question on Twitter, I think it was last night, where he basically said, you know, if it comes to Calvert-Lewin, if there's a chance he behind, potentially aggravates his injury by playing on Saturday against Bulls and then Mrs. Bournemouth, what do you do? Do you, do you play him tomorrow or do you rest him ahead of Bournemouth? My opinion is that you've got to play him tomorrow because the biggest game is the one that you play next. And the old overdraft him was, was 84, the 16% was, and you've got to play him tomorrow. Are you of that opinion? Do you think it, it's got to be a case of you've got to put him tomorrow because tomorrow's the biggest game? You can't worry about next week because what, what
2: could happen next could be It could be next week. Yeah, it could be too. Like Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 9 toes out of 10 that he should be playing uh, tomorrow. Again again, this is this is this is the this is the thing what I was saying about team selection being determined by where you know the position we were playing in comparison with the other teams. If we were the last team, say we were playing Monday and all the three teams have got beat or have got a draw and we were still have the delegation zone, you're thinking, well may not risk not maybe not be worth risking Calvin move this because I know that we we'll, we can win against Bournemouth. But because we're at the staff and we, we sort of gotta win, I suppose, then yeah, it forces us down that that eventuality, yeah, that you gotta play buy, buy him. As I say, if you're playing after the other team's played, it may be uh not, not as obvious choice. But yeah, gotta play him. If he, if he he said he was training with the, the the squad for a couple of days. I thought you don't know, as but as said, you don't know I mean. You'd <laughs> have played every every answer about Lampard and Dice um, about Carver and fitness over the last say two years or eighteen months. And what would you get? You, you, there's a there's a degree in body language and you know the social studies there, isn't it? Really communication. You don't know. I I I, I I've i heard it. I don't know what. I don't know if it was good or bad. You know, but he's he's got he's got a play. If he if, he's, if if he can get on the pitch, he's got to play on on Saturday and just get tomorrow over with. And worry about Bournemouth because obviously the adventure. One thing you don't want to do is have a damaging defeat where they could have made a difference. Other teams weren't, you go to Bournemouth and it's too late. That doesn't seem to get the results. So he's got to play tomorrow. Joe, we've we've seen you know Sean Blades painfully
0: manage Calvert turn return. I think he's been very much mindful of, of rushing Calvert Lewin and putting him straight back in. There was he, rumours really, you know ahead of after the full game that Calvert-Loon wants to be involved with Sean by Sheldon back and, and stuff like that. It's tomorrow the case where Sean has almost got to go against what he's been like so far with Calvert-Loon and just, just gambling on like Gar says. Just just put him on the pitch because the difference he makes and, and the impact he has on this team, it is clear for all to see. Everton is the best team and lead the line than we're out yes Yes. Um, yeah. I
1: agree with what God says. If there's any you know, if 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 there's any chance if he's fit, to get on the pitch he's he's got to go there. Like um, he's got he's he's got to play. You know, the the, the reality is that if results go against Everton this weekend, it could be well and truly out of their hands come the next come next weekend. And then you know, what's the good of having? you know, you might be able to you might be able to play then, but you could score an hat trick and it could be too late. Um, so if there's any chance of getting him on the pitch tomorrow, he's just got to be there. You know, it's a shame that Everton are in a situation where they have. More depth in that position, and unfortunately, they are so reliant on, on one person, it's not fair on him. Um, it's not really fair on Sean Dyke, but obviously, it's a situation that he's inherited. Um, but unfortunately, that's where we are, we can't do anything about it. But if Calvert available, he's, he's, he's got to be involved,
0: Gav. In terms of Calvert Luna, touch goes, we hope that he does make it. If he doesn't, what would you do if you were Sean Dyche Could you vote Neil Maltay, bring Demari Gray in, roll as where else Sims? Although they're not great options, they are he we'll does have options. It
2: does. I mean I'm just trying to think here, some of this is tied into Mikalenko, isn't it? Um but we talk about the left back situation, obviously. It's what you know what the solution is for the resolve and if Michaelenko doesn't play, what the the solution is for that may determine who you play up top. I think to to be fair and I, I but well, all things being equal, you've got to play Gray, haven't you? Really. We spoke about that on a length on Monday. He's done a good, you know, a team when we play 4 5 what, which we may not do. You've got to play Gray, Gray in that role. The, the only thing I'd say about that is I'm just wondering whether he brought Mopey on a half-time last week for the reason mm. that he brought Carver Lewins so, up. You know, I was thinking he may not be available next week we I'll give Mopey 45 minutes because he's going to be my first choice at Wolves. Perhaps that was you know, you could bring something into that, but personally you've got to play great. He's done it he's he's done a reasonably good job while he's been up top and uh, they can be got at kind did the Wolves uh something defence to think a little bit. And uh, I'd definitely be be blamed by Joe, for a man who doesn't give much
0: away in Sean Dyche, I thought he was incredibly outgrous on Thursday when he was asked about the left back of Mikkelemko and the injuries and stuff. And he said that you know they will consider changing formation. or It was under consideration to change formation. That's obviously a little bit more inside than what we've been used to with Sean Rice. So since he arrived at the club, in terms of what then are we almost now expecting a change of formation? you so think maybe it might may be three at the back, but wing back So Everton will shuffle a pack completely from what we have become accustomed to.
1: Um, well, I mean it's the second time he's mentioned changing shape because after City you know he was saying that that's something that they were considering looking at the change in shape that after mikhailenko got injured they just didn't have time to time to go through it so i think it shows an awareness that the the loss of mikhailenko bearing in mind you know, the godfrey and um coleman are also in the knock-on effect that that has on the other positions yeah, I think it shows an awareness that the, the it might not be the best way to go forward before the back and whole gate at left back again. The problem is we use a very short Dyge phrase here and, and, and risk and reward. If you change the formation, if you go to wing backs, well they haven't they haven't played that way under on the so far. So that's a bit of a gamble in itself. If they play wing backs, it's surely Dwight McNeil ends up a left wing back or well, before we're talking about the importance of Dominic Cavalier and Dwight McNeil's been Evans' best attacking player for, for quite you near know, for the past six weeks or so. So if you're in a situation there where you are nullifying the potential threat that he can cause by having him go further back, then it really isn't it really is ideal at all. Um, so I honestly don't know because there isn't really a... There isn't a reassuring solution to Miklenko's absence, I don't think. I think, to be honest, I'd almost be more inclined to stick to what he knows and go 4-5-1, change as little as possible, and just hope that Holgate can do a job at left-back in, in the way that he's struggled to do so recently. But if you start changing things around now, then one of the things that Sean Dyche is clearly very big on is consistency, consistency of approach, consistency of tactics, consistency of partnerships. Um and and change of formation now is would probably would potentially knock things out of sync a little bit. And I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that the benefits would outweigh the negatives. Really, of sticking to what you know, albeit with with Holgate at left back. Obviously, if they go to to five at back, they go to three centre backs. Connor Cody's not available because he's ineligible with Wolves being his parent club. So you probably well then. Yeah, you're either good. You have either got Holgate coming in or Keane coming. Holgate coming in with McNeil as left wing back, or um, Holgate coming in at centre back or Keane coming in at centre back. I mean, the options just are really ideal in any stretch. I think you know what go around the the bushes over here, but I think that it probably depends on what he wants from the game. If he's, if he's going in there and he wants a win, then I think he probably has to go 4-5-1 and keep him in, the, you know, in a more advanced position. If he's going in there and he thinks that a draw might be, you know, might be suitable, I think, I, I don't think it... It's, if it's a draw tomorrow, it'll be a nervy weekend, but I think a draw ultimately would probably be a good result. I think once every... Once every I'm not saying we want to run that risk, but but I think he if he wants to play it safe... Or say from a defensive perspective, you probably play five at the back. But I, I I don't know. I I think four five one, and you know, s- same as Gavin If if Calvert Lewin's out, it has to be Gray up top. I don't. I have, I've got no idea what the Mope second half against Man City was last. You know, last weekend. You know, where Calvert Lewin was out, Gray was the last player, the last option up top by himself that that the Dutch came to. He tried Sims and Mope first. Gray was the only effective solution. Um yeah, particularly when he had uh, decor around him, which he would have tomorrow. So it's gotta be it's gotta be decor um it's gotta be Gray over anyone else at Cavalloo and start Stars.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Is
0: consistency key for you, Gav? Are have always you know, to fall back at the left and on, on the right? Is Mason to a safer choice than... You know, kind of ripper of what we've seen, and, and almost breathe the back and meet the faster at right wing back and damage the other
2: left wing back. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking about that at one time, and um, I, I, I'm coming to the conclusion that Holgate should still be the best option for us, uh, and just go with that because it's the least disruptive solution. But go back to Mikalenko. I thought <laughs> I played, I played his answers to the question about three or four times because you no. Know, Joey was saying about sometimes he gets into double speed. He started off, wasn't he? he asked about it and then he said, Oh no, he hasn't points a possibility for next week. Then he talked about changing shape and he said that then he said Mikalenko's close Hang <laughs> 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 on a minute. He's just saying he just said like 30 seconds ago he's not playing and his possible selection. you do not know, saying he's close to selection. I mean so I, I on that basis, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised whether you Know it, it's not necessarily a done deal that Holgate plays, or we have another left back. I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised if he based on Dice's answer whether he was there tomorrow, but yeah, you've got to go with that. The, the reason why I said Mopay is if you went three at the back, you get a system where you could get say three four three, 4 3 and have Mopay playing a system you had a, a play as a, as a central striker. Um, but that 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 is a huge risk at this, this stage of the season, but it, I just thought it was, his answer about Michalenko was, was, was fascinating, really. and Totally in, in tune with what Joe was saying about Sean can say a lot without saying anything or on occasion slightly giving two different answers to the same, same question. But yeah, Colgate left back. Very up, up top if Carvalhoon's not bit, but I, I still think we'll see Carvalhoon based on what, what Dice was saying. I mean, with, with
0: the, you're going to be surprised given what we've seen, and given this as Everton, if McKellen Cole starts and calvert booth on the squad tomorrow.
1: <laughs> I, I, think I've, I think I've stopped being surprised. Well, <laughs> you know, but I was very surprised at Brighton when they produced that performance out there when... Um, probably not, to be honest. Um, you know, it was, if if, if, if Dice keeps editing up and then... You know, is there next summer, next season, which he, which he probably would be if that was the case. He could do us all out of the job because it could get to a point where there's no point speculative because <laughs> it's, more, like, it's just such a, such a thankless <laughs> task that there's just no point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be even
2: more surprised if Michael O'Call played off Francis, Calvin Lewis replacement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we no. I mean, I have we're having laugh about Dyson and his double speak and stuff like that. He's he's not the only, you know. Every manager does that to a degree, don't be. Yeah, Harry, yeah. not the failure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big student. Obviously, as you know the '60s and '70s when Harry Patrick was the manager, and God bless Harry. Harry was the the master of it. You know, Harry would make, Harry would name his team in alphabetical order. You know, just, you know, just to flummox people on at a time when everybody everybody played the same formation every week. You know. At, I did nothing. So he's certainly got the best ever manager. And I know Moyes could be a little bit cute on occasion. So at this stage of the season, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not blaming him for keeping his cards close to his chest. To be honest with you, and it makes an entertaining discussion, doesn't it, around psychology and all that? I thought it was thought the Mickolank answer It was a classic. <laughs> you should love it. For me, yeah. yeah.
0: Obviously, you know, Jensen same all effort this weekend. All the focus well on Bonu obviously, we will all have eyes elsewhere, you know, the City Ground Saturday night, the London Stadium on Sunday afternoon, and of course St James's Park on Monday night. One big result, I think, not involving Everton, but involving a former Everton manager, and that was David Moyes. So West Ham booked their place in the Europa Conference League final. Some interesting celebrations, post match in the in the West Ham dressing, I think it's safe to say. If you crowds of Hanukkah made their way in. Although repository David Moyes did turn down. We're the West Ham players stopping lights out last night to celebrate. It was just very nice one. But from an Everton perspective, good, bad? Are we concerned? Or do we looking at that and thinking, well, you know, everyone's going to think that they'll have to their own business and, and not rely on anyone else?
1: Well, Everton have to look after their own business and not rely on anyone else. I mean, that is the the, the fundamental yeah, point. But um but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whilst I was pleased for Moyes, uh, well, I was pleased for West Ham as well, to a certain extent. It um, wasn't an ideal situation last night. Even the fact that you know, those reports are true in the place where after a night out probably suggests that their mindset isn't firmly focused on you know, the league activities at the weekend. And given that they play West Ham, I mean, that's... Sorry, um, given that they play Leeds, that's, that's not good. Um, and I just... Like, it worries me, if I'm honest. It, like, it does worry me. We saw all the changes that West Ham made at the weekend going into this game. Rested the vast majority of their first team and just, you know, accepted a meek defeat away at Brentford. Now, obviously, there's a couple of weeks until their final. But this is one of the biggest games in Moyes and a lot of those players' careers, is isn't it? And, yeah, they're coming up against the Leeds side on... yeah. West Ham are staying up, and I know, I know they could end up finishing. They could; they're still not hundred percent safe. But it would take a remarkable run of results and all different swings and things like that for them to go down. I just think that Leeds game. If you're a if you're a player or manager that's looking to preserve yourself for you know one of the biggest games in your career in a couple of weeks time that leads game probably about as, as low down the pecking order in what you'd want as, as possible you have a lead side under big sound scrapping for everything desperate fighting for their own survival and yeah, you know, they're not the kind they're not the, the the best side on the disciplinary chart this season leads either yeah you know, am i really putting declan rice in front of western mckinney um are really lining someone like Jared Bowen up against Junior Furbo, you know, these players, I'm not saying they're bad players, and they're obviously not malicious players, but, you know, they've got a lot of bookings this season, they've got a lot to fight for at the moment, so you know, I'd be, even if Moy's, you know, his, his sympathy will probably still lie with Everton, I'm sure he'd love to help Everton out if he can, but I'm not sure he would at the expense of, of potentially losing someone like a Declan Rice or a Lucas Bequeta or mm-hmm. a Miguel Antonio uh, or a Jared Bowen to you know and having them absent for the the you know, the biggest game that most of them obviously Declan Rice has played in huge games for England but the others you know be amongst the biggest games they've played, right? So I I I'm nervous about that. My nerves will be somewhat allayed if Evan just go and win a Molyneux, which you know, obviously the pressure will still be on and then going into the into the, the, the final game this season if Leeds also won but yeah you know, I, I feel like Everton will beat Bournemouth if they need to beat Bournemouth this, they, they've just got to make sure they, they've they just got to make sure that they're not in the relegation zone after this weekend and bearing in mind everything that Leeds have got to play for and bearing in mind the context in which West Ham are operating the safest way to do that is just to go to Molyneux and win and it's not easy of course it's not easy we know it's not easy particularly for this Everton side but if Everton has a time to kind of raise their game then Saturday, is it? So, hopefully they will soon.
0: Gav, you a little bit nervous by when it's transpire
2: needing? Yeah, I said that, they, I think on Monday, that perfect week would have up Moyes, so Moyes winning, Everett winning. I mean, the council would say is, if West Ham had got beat last night, don't you remember this, Connor, when we got, I mean, this is just a random sample of one game, when we got knocked out at Fiorentina. I remember in 2008, we played, I mean, we had to do, probably the strongest I think we've been as a team since we won titles in the mid-80s between October 2007 and February 2008. We, beat, I think we won 15 out of 17 games, something like that. We got knocked out of Fiorentina. Under Moyes, obviously, we went to Fulham. And we produced absolutely, shabbily bad performance and got, got beat 1-0 just because it was just a, you know, it was just on, on, on the bounce of the other bad year of the, the interference, And there's that aspect to it as well, isn't it? Even if West Ham had got beat, they're not in the best blame of mind blame me. So, just every way you look at it, either way, it's not ideal to blame West Ham. I mean, it's, it's funny, isn't it, how a month ago, and this, it's great for us to think, you know, a month ago we thought Wolves well, was just going to be a bit of a relegation scrap, didn't we? Yeah. You know, and now that isn't. And a month ago, you thought looking at well, uh, Leeds last two fixtures. I'll tell you what, West Ham away; that'll be tough, and, and Spurs at home, and that'll be tough. And now they look far easier fixtures than what they did four or five weeks ago. And that, that, does that, you know, that that's a concern? Isn't it shows how it changes. But I, you can take the West Ham either way for me. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they that they won because if they, they got beat, might get a similar reaction. So yeah, as as Joe said, spot on, isn't it? We went on Saturday, then all bets all better off, aren't we? Aren't they, really? And remember remember, here, Forrest is still in Forrest only two points out of us, aren't they? They've got a tough game. And then they go to Palace, I think, at last oh, game. Yeah. I, I just had thinking last night, you know. You no, know, like, if any Everton fan was on Mastermind in the future, your special subject will be Premier League, April and May, 2023. <laughs> but, <laughs> <come on. laughs> you know, it's... <yeah. laughs> Go to fix your list off by heart, you'll make them weeks in advance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if Forrest is still in, I think he can write Leicester off. And West Ham goes to Leicester last game, so that'll be a bit of a fallback if things go a bit early for him. So, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's, uh, you've got to include Forrest in this. They've got a sicky game, obviously, on, on Saturday, T10. So it's so just going to be us, I think. Us the lead. So, yeah. West Ham, either way, I'm just glad Moisey got to play or four. for him. Learn more at marines.com.
0: I think as well, the bigger thing with the last than hours is that they go to St. James's Park on Monday night. With Newcastle after they win, they secure Champions League football for next season and where we know better place for them to, to do that with either than a home ones the flip right to St. James' Park and kind of go into party mode and party celebration. But Joe away from the football, there's also been some big Everton takeover claims this week. For a long time it appeared that MSP Sports Capital, I think it is worth then seen as the company would have come in and, and take a minority stake in a football club. Whether a report from the mail earlier this week being that 7-7 seven, seven partners were in talks over taking over Mish- full stake in the club and taking over taking over the club, essentially. I think Paul Joyce reported last night that the, there was a bid made, or there was certainly a financial offer made from 7-7 seven, seven to Masheri on Wednesday. Obviously, it's a bit of a from the football, while concentrations are on. But well, all the same, some pretty big developments in terms of off the pitch investments.
1: Yeah, in 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 theory, um, obviously, yeah, you know, we we don't we know these talks and negotiations and things like that have been going on for quite some time. If I'm Fire sure he has been yeah you know, relatively open since last summer that he's been seeking seeking investment mainly in relation to the stadium and. Yeah, the reality is when him and his representatives are going out there into the big wide world, having these conversations over, looking for, for finance and for, for Bramley Moore, yeah, there will be people that will probably, you know, once the doors open, you know, start to kind of poke around a bit and see if there's a, a willingness to sell uh, precisely where he's at. I'm not entirely sure. He's, he's insisted for a long time that he only wants a minority, just to sell a minority um, stake. So... But obviously, situations change, and you know, let's let's be honest. I think for for him and for the current board it's, it's not the current predicament is as far from ideal. So you'd think uh, what well, you think you think at any time that if the, if the right deal came along, someone people would be listening to willing to listen to him, perhaps more so now. Um, yeah, I think. Obviously, big claims around seven, 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 but the yeah, the mail report was interesting, but it was also heavily caveated. and I think it's just worth bearing that in mind when when you read these things. Look for the kind of look, look for almost the, the outs and and I think that you know the idea that a deal could be done, you know, they were looking to do a deal next week, but they also want Premier League guarantee before they conclude a deal. Well, all right, there is a scenario where that could be the case next week, but there's probably probably going to be some degree of jeopardy going into the final day of the season so yeah i don't anticipate anything really happening until after the season's over because i mean promotion it's like the survival or relegation just changes the value and everything around the the deal so so dramatically that although there'll be a plan a and a plan b and that you know people say there might be two prices or two versions of the deal on the table you know i think it'll still require a lot of a lot of talking around for anything to be done um, after the season, particularly if Everton were to, to go down. So I think it's going to be a busy summer. I think it's going to be a bit of a summer of uncertainty. Um, I think we're probably going to there's going to be a degree to which seven seven seven, probably M S B, are going to be jockeying for for favour. Obviously, both deals contrast quite significantly, um, and I think the the important thing. Is for I think oh, there's two important things for Everton. One, ideally, I mean, they almost contradict each other to to some degree. On the one hand, you want things to to be done quickly so that Everton can start planning for the next season, whatever league they're in. You know this is a club that hasn't used its summers particularly wisely. And you know, if Everton were to go down, then you know, we we talk about biggest this, biggest that. Yeah, you know, if Everton were to go down, it's, it's it's their biggest summer in in decades and decades because really when a when a club especially a club size of Evan go down, you have a very small window whereby your chances of going coming straight back up are more favourable. The longer you spend down there, the harder it becomes to get out of it. So Evan's decision making needs to be absolutely spot on in the summer if they were to go down. Even if they were to stay up, I think yeah, the reality is that Evan had a lot yeah, you know, they they had a big warning um shot the, the landbound should have been selling at the end of at the end of last season and, and everything that they've done since then has led to exactly the same scenario for this season so again clearly there needs to be you know a bit of a strategic rethink and a, and a proper plan for how Everett they're going to approach next season if they stay in the premier league and that has to be ready to go from the minute they you know, should already be ready to go so so on on that hand any uncertainty around the future of the club could do with being dealt with Quickly, um, but probably even more important than that is, I think that you know, I think Everton fans should be cautious. I think um, you know there are a lot of interested actors around football clubs, not just in 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 England, but but around the world. And you know, it's we understand that it's, it's quite clear that there's a degree of dissatisfaction from some elements of the fan base with with the current regime, but it can't be changed at any cost. Uh, and I think that you know due diligence and scrutiny will need to be applied to anybody that's that's, that's coming in. Um, obviously, there's only really so much that, that fans can do. We've seen that time and time again. Ultimately, if Machu decides he wants to sell, then you know there's only there's a very kind of you know, obviously that you have things like the Premier League, you know, right and proper owners tests and 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 things like that. But the thresholds for yeah, you know, for, for, for for coming in, it's it's pretty low, and the ability for people that aren't the footballing governing bodies to do anything about any prospective owners is yeah, that there isn't that many options. But you know, I think the the club needs to focus at the moment on Premier League survival. Um, yeah, you know, just as a report looking ahead to from this week to next week, it's like it's already stressful enough thinking that you know. If I've got anything on the line going into that final day of the season, I think next week's going to be very difficult for all of us. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be nervous. It's going to be tense. We're all going to be full of anxiety. Um, I'll have to probably be in that situation where I'll have to do two or three versions of every single story that I'd potentially do, you know, one based on survival, one based on relegation, which is, you know, a a tedious and terrifying kind of of prospect as well. Uh, But that's got to be the focus then. And then once once we know where Evan's fate is, yeah, you know, I, I don't think Evan has been a such a tumultuous club for so long. I don't think this is gonna be any different. How things are gonna emerge once everything once we've had the shake up, who's gonna be in control, who's gonna be making the decision makers, you know, who you know I I don't I don't know. You know, there are still lots of there's still different interests, different parties that want different things and Mashiru's current intentions aren't particularly clear. Mm. Um so where we end up at, I'm not entirely sure, but, you know, just expect to have a summer of Evan being in the headlines, I think. Babble, brace for a little summer of
0: <clears throat> upheaval, Evan in the headlines, and,
2: and fast-fishing yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, the other thing, the other, other known is the, the Premier League sanctions, of
1: course. Of course, mm. yeah, yeah, good point.
2: You know, happens obviously, the Premier League says we've got, you know, two-year sans back. You know, that affects the value of the club, doesn't it, really? And that may not pay off but for A while, so yeah, I think either way, on and off the pitch, it, it is, it's got to keep us busy. I think podcasting, which is, which is whether that's good to <laughs> <old>, for <laughs> you guys, to be honest with you, but yeah, <laughs> you but yeah regarding, I, I, I get where people become skeptical with us. You know, we've aired, think of 600 million quid, which I presume is it's the stadium paying off the debt, the value of the club. But where do people get 600 million quid from? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I get that, you know, and that, uh, you can see why as much as, and I fully get this understanding why people want change at the top, as, as Joe said quite rightly, it, it can't be, yeah, just do it for the sake of it. We just want somebody mm-hmm. different, perhaps to be checks and balances around that. And that, you know, that, that's why I, 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 want as well. Not the first person just turns up on your door, step and a load of dash. And, um, yeah, so there's that aspect to it. And then we've got it, obviously, on the playing side. Even if you stay in the Premier League, there's going to be a lot of work involved, isn't it? Mm. Around restructuring the club and the playing staff. And, you know, it's going to be Dice's first steel Sands wins winner as well. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be at a more 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 tumultuous stage, I think. I think, you lo- stay
0: up or... I think whoever said sports journalists have, often have a quiet summit. I've never heard, never heard of football, but I think it's the
2: well, You know what? I was, I was doing some stuff before, I mean, years ago, certainly before the internet. If you had a newspaper house in the summer, it was like football wasn't even in it. Oh, you know, no. It was sort of the middle of May to probably, you do only start getting back into the back pages once like the BCEs and families happens. and even like, you know, you could. In the Echo, I mean, remember I've done research on football in the Echo's archives. Nice. Don't bother looking at June and July years ago. Nothing in there, you know. And now it's it is for lots of reasons, twenty four seven. But whether it's January, February, or June and July, isn't it really,
0: gents? I think we will finish up by sticking with tradition and making our predictions for. Tomorrow's big game, Joel. I'll come to you first. You'll be up well on you side, Chris Beasley. What are you backing the Blues tomorrow? To do tomorrow, I, I,
1: I'm going to go for one each. I am. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a draw. Um, I don't think that that won't definitely be a bad thing. Uh, but obviously, it'll lead to a nervy weekend at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm going to go for a draw. Duff.
2: I'm going to go for the win. I I just think I I, I think it's sitting in the stars tomorrow. Yeah, I just think that would right. I think just think that when the plane has given us so a little bit of impetus, we saw him I was out away from that points at Leicester as well. And uh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for the comfortable two 0 win. Oof, nice that. <laughs> I don't know why. Absolutely never got a clue because I, I just we've got an all to play for tomorrow and. You, I'm also on Both way out home form has been good, but the away form hasn't been good, as then That strikes me as a team that be a little bit flaky, if you know, character wise. And I think um I think 'cause we've got nothing to play for now, I'm gonna go for a two 0 win for the Mighty Blues. I to vote for a one 0 win, but I think it'll be far from
0: comfortable and I think it'll be reminiscent of the Leicester season when it was edge of the seat, RML <laughs> last five minutes behind the couch. <laughs> that, that that type of game I think for the Blues More. I think it'll be far from comfortable, but I think they'll they'll just go over the line uh, and we can only hope I think then that on Monday even we'll possibly not celebrate as much, but sitting there with a our team that our team will be back playing in the Premier League next season. but Of course we will be back on Monday to so look back on the weekend's action, all the go, all the going's on in the relegation battle and of course taking an in-depth look at what happens at Malmö Saturday afternoon. But for today, don't give any much for listening to the Royal Blue podcast.
2: You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.